Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com golf. Fella. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The boys are back from Tahoe. We're live here at Hall Pass Studios with another episode of Missing Curfew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien coming to you from Hall Pass Media with my boy, William Scotty Updog. Shane O'Brien, thanks for having me. Welcome back you're, to uh, reality. You're looking pretty fresh, buddy. Thank you, yeah. Pretty the fresh. hair was looking good in Tahoe, too. I know, thanks for pointing that out. I got a lot of compliments on my The hair was right flowing. Thank you, thank you. you it's always re- nice to have good hair day, bud. You never really lose your voice either, huh? Like, I'm not going to lie, I came back Monday morning yesterday morning and i was i had to go to the store and get the halls to do you nhl did. network with steve coolest because i was fucking wispy yeah you sounded good on there though i got tuned in <laughs> i tell you, you and steve got some good chemistry on that i tell you i text okay. cooley before i'm like listen i'm playing guilty a bit here cools like the boys we we got our we got a lot of content but we had a lot of drinks too so. ob i think they knew that going in when you uh have the monday uh, when you have the monday fucking 12 to 4 drive hour i know that's a tough that's a tough uh get up for you yeah and and finally in studio Finally, boys. Broadway, Jimmy Scoops, Hazy. Scoopsy. Boys, unbelievable to be out here. I want to say thank you for that trip. That trip was awesome. Yeah. Private bird right in there. That was, that's called living. That's National League. That right was National League. What do you think of Hall Pass Studios here? Pretty legit, huh? This is awesome. This is my first time in the studio, too. So, yeah. This is- this is pretty cool stuff right there. I like this little hardwood floor here. This is, yeah. I didn't even know this till last week that this is right from the. All-Star game? It's the hardwood floor they use at the All-Star game? Well, maybe we have yeah. to talk to Halsey. Maybe we can get him to sell this thing, make some more money. <laughs> He's got all kinds. He's got, like, the one from 
Uh, when Kobe played at the All-Star Game in Toronto, Ooh. he's got Charlotte Hornets ones, New Orleans Pelican ones. I think enough about the basketball. I think we should bring in maybe some hockey boards from like the fucking Winter Classic <laughs> or, or whatever we just were. You know, we'll fucking make some new little uh, side tables for the boys. Bring a little hockey action in here. Yeah, so Broadway, it was a great chip. So uh, we're going to say thank you again to Mike and Chandy for giving us the, uh, the private bird, which is a game changer so we could bring all our stuff to Hall Pass, A-Hall. Thank you. Good vision, Max. Fuck, you killed it with the setups, man. Was it nationally or what, boys? It I mean, sure was. It was nice to get on the road. The boys needed a little fucking, uh, you know, drop the bags team off. Building. Go hit the casino, have a couple beers. Felt like good old times, didn't it, boys? It didn't. Uh, how about Maxi, though, with all those promo videos he was making for us out there, too, just pumping out some serious content? Best you- promo video, Ops, is the, is the one of Jimmy Scoops with Victory Dance from Mind <laughs> Jacket. <laughs> Walking slow mo onto the bird. I mean, it's always sad leaving these trips. I I always get sad when I leave good trips with the boys. But what a way to close it off on with a nice little victory dance. Yeah, well, typically I'm usually ready to come home after these trips. not going to lie, right? By about the third day, I'm like, all right, I've had enough. But this time... I don't know. I wasn't quite ready either. I, Sunday, I had a few too many probably drinks again on the bird, but I was just like, fuck, it was a great trip. We got so much good content. It was the first time our whole team was together. It was uh, it was a great experience. And to the Hard Rock Hotel, thank you. They came through huge for us, Uppy. It was just it was a great setup for us. It was a good setup, thanks to the two dealers that absolutely handed me all their chips. Did you get out uh, of there up? I sure oh, did. I, sure I was did. up. Uh, oh, wow. I don't even know if I need to mention the number, but... It's a good number because I got a big weekend coming up that we'll touch on. I'm going to need to bring a lot of cash with me. And uh, it just so helps that I'm playing with the house's money right now. Yeah, that's nice. I knew you were up at one point, but then the last time I saw you at the tables, I was like, I could go either way for this guy right now. Yeah, I, I was I was feeling, <laughs> I had a confidence going uh, late night. So when we got back from the bar on Saturday, I sat down again. I sat with Max, actually. Max and I don't, might not remember this, but we sat down. We had a couple big shoes and uh like i said the dealer was just fucking feeding me 50 dollars chips and i was accepting them yeah good for you thank you i'm actually want to cut a little bit of money he said too i was i got smoked hazy what about you i made a donation but i just like to say like they just they're holding on to it we're gonna go back there we'll get it back some other day that's a good way to think about it because i don't know about that but i hope you're right (laughs) so up dog broadway we'll start with you ops just the whole lake tahoe experience from from when we first walked in to watching the game What, what was your just your outlook on it was it, a, was it as good as you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it was. Uh, thanks to the NHL for setting up our media passes. Uh, we didn't know going in what it was going to be like. I don't think anyone did. But the NHL did a great job um, of setting up an opportunity for people to, uh, you know, and people, I mean the media and the owners uh, and the teams, you know, beautiful setting. The ice was, uh, we'll talk about the ice, but uh, the way it looked, boys, on the lake, I mean, Edgewood, beautiful place, Tahoe, beautiful in general. Um but to me, boys, that trip was just, it was all just the boys getting on the road and getting some good stuff done. You know, yeah. Lake Tahoe felt like the good Western swing back in the day, <laughs> where you hit Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. You get a couple Ooh. kills back in the day. Uh, <laughs> not so much good... times have changed a little bit now, but fuck, just to get out there and, you know, you're in the hotel with the boys, you're having beers, and you're yeah. talking hockey, watching hockey. Uh, well, we did everything but fucking play hockey, I think. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I was a little worried nobody's going to play hockey there for a bit, but what, what, what were your thoughts on it, Broadway? I thought they uh, couldn't have picked a better location to put that rink because, like, that backdrop they had there. You had the golf course on one end and then all those mountains on the other side. That was amazing. And I think I told you guys the other day, I think some of these players are going to have some new profile picks on 
on Instagram because they're going to be looking juice out there. Yeah, I mean, when we first walked in on the Friday morning for practice, right, I was like, oh, I didn't really know what to expect. And we got off the shuttle. And then when we first saw the ice, I was like, Broadway, I'm like, this is straight out of fucking Mystery Alaska. And then, you know, we did our little promo. And then when we were sitting on that platform up, and I was just taking it. And I was watching our boy Bo Byram fucking skate. And McKenna was out there doing his thing. I was like... I was jealous. I was like, this is a pretty fucking cool experience for these guys. It definitely was. That 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 first kind of feeling you had, it was the first time I've been around live NHL hockey in a while. I yeah. think both of us, right? All of us. And, uh, you know, that, that feeling, just walking the, you know, them walking out with their wheels, um, wearing those jerseys to take their team photo, that, that fucking Colorado Avalanche, you know, retro jerseys, fucking awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then just the, the the sound of hockey, right, boys? Like the, the crispiness. Oh, the crispiness, oh. fucking crispy. But <laughs> the skates on the ice, the pucks hitting the, the glass, the boards, the fucking chirping, the laughing, off the crossbar and over. One almost hit us in the <laughs> I, fucking I head. told A. Hall and, and, and Maxie, the boys, I, I said, hey, boys, heads up. We're right behind the fucking net here. And we, well, there's a couple that came close, but that was the first thing I thought, too. Keep your head up, boys. You had eagle eye, though. You, you, you caught some pucks for us there. Yeah, well, I've when I was a younger, I don't know, you guys never did you ever go to Maple Leaf Gardens as a kid? No, you're a Western no, guy. I've never, no, no I didn't okay. even go to it as a grocery store now. So I, yeah, it's a Sobeys <laughs> now. So they used to have these blue nets right behind Maple Leaf Gardens. My dad took me one night. There no netting back then, and I just remember as a kid these pucks whizzing by my ear back then. And from that moment on, anytime I was at a hockey game, pre-netting, of course, I was always like, "Hey, boys, keep your fucking heads up because it can get a little crispy." But for me, Uppy, when I just, the, the sounds, the passes, when they, and the one thing I did chirp though, boys, we got there and, and they did the team picture and then they were doing the old fucking Indy 500. Oh. And I used to hate that in practice. And the worst team I was ever on was the Calgary Flames for that. I don't know if these guys were just trying to ball like Hartley, but they would go out 20 minutes before practice, not to do goalie shooting drills, which is fine, to do the old Indy 500 where they're just skating around and around. I used to drive me crazy ups. It doesn't show the love of the game when you're just skating around <laughs> in circles like that, right? No. I mean, fuck, boys. We're going to go. Let's do Let's something. Let's be out with purpose, yeah. Um, and that just is because you had a fucking idiot coach. But, <laughs> um, you know, usually if that's going on for so long, usually you get the guy, the, guy, the captains being like, all right, let's go. Fucking, yeah. I can just blow my whistle. Fucking, let's yeah. go. Come oh, on. Fuck, fucking, that's, wow, know. that's legit. Yeah, so, you know. Fucking you could have just wasting time. You could have just blowed the fucking drill down during your career if you fucked up. Man, that was the <laughs> hey, hey, you turn you turn a puck over. Guys hey, going I'm down in a breakaway, <laughs> just rip your glove off, and <laughs> he turns around. What the fuck? Hey, you could. I, if I, if That's I would illegal. Have, if I would have that play in my back pocket, I would have used it a couple practices. Who's yeah, fucked that, that drill up? Wasn't me. Wasn't me. But um, yeah, the setting was unbelievable. And same. I mean, the only time I've ever other been to a live hockey game, I went to watch Fact Daddy, my boy in St. Louis, play at the Honda Center before COVID hit. And that was like the first time Broadway, I don't know if you've been to watch your brother play, but that was like the first time I was like, man, I do kind of miss playing. Because when you watch it on TV, you don't get the same experience. So what were your thoughts when you finally saw a fucking live NHL hockey again? Yeah, seeing a live NHL hockey and being there, it made me miss it a lot. Like I, I, I would love to still be able to play in the game. Like I haven't been able to go to Philly and see my brother play, but like you guys said, seeing the pucks getting passed back and forth, crispy passing, seeing these guys skate, see how efficient they are. It yeah. made me want to get back out there. Yeah, I just had a man crush on Bo Byram, man. I was sure like, I even pulled A. Hall over. I'm like, yo, A. Hall, I know you're a basketball guy, but come watch this fucking kid skate. They were doing the old two-on-one swing drill, which is a great one for the D, too, because you just get it, crispy rice. And I'll be here. <laughs> I, I know you were the one that got us on. Like, you were picking him to win the Calder. I'm, I'm going to jump on board. I hope he somehow – He the kid's unbelievable. He is unbelievable. And I'm not, I'm not going to give my source up, but, um, you know, all the talk on him, uh, you know, people have been starting to feed me some info on the kid and – I think I like him a little more now. He's, he's starting to sound like a little updog back in the day. <laughs> no way. Uh, we didn't get much at Alanis Cog about his, like, you know, yeah. who he is as a guy. But 
I'm not going to give up my source. I hear he likes to go. Does he's, he? You know, yeah, professional, solid player, yeah. good Canadian kid, wore the C part time at the at the world at the, you know, the <laughs> world Juniors. Sound like, he's a little up dog like in fucking grapes right there. Hey, right? Fucking <laughs> Canadian lad, there, boys. Uh, fuck, I, I like. I think he likes his beers. Does yeah. he? I, I, I think well, so. I'll I tell you what. So. I watched him play last night against Vegas. Good bet, Broadway. Vegas won three nothing. That little fucking Marsha Shaw, who I question as a guy i want to know if he's a good guy or not great player but he fucking two-handed byram in the back of the legs and byram got up all pissed and took a fucking run at petrolangelo and got him and then petrolangelo came back and cross-checked him and you could see petro talking to him like hey kid don't fucking because in all honesty petro didn't have the puck but bo byram was like a little pissed off he took this run at this kid i'm like fuck up dog i like this guy even more i'll tell byram right now petro won't do anything to him <laughs> yeah. so fuck, let's go. <laughs> call that guy call petro's bluff all night but um Bull Byram, you fuck, buddy. We love you. And this was one of the biggest news coming out of, of Tahoe, obviously. And and I remember when we were planning the trip. You know, we're like, what time's the game start, Uppy? They're like, noon. We're That's like, a tough game to get up for, isn't noon. it? Especially if you're playing in it. Yeah, I'm like, it's COVID. It's other guys go can't go out anyways. No one's going to be, you're not trying to keep the boys in here. Noon, just, and I had skied in Tahoe before and been there and, and realized when the sun, when there's no cloud coverage, it gets warm and it can get melty and it did that. Now, the rumor is NBC wanted it. Now, did the NHL salvage it up? Was it a blunder? I, when we were sitting there at our watch party being like, when the fuck are these guys coming out? I was like, I thought it was a tough look for the NHL. What were your thoughts on it? Well, I'm going to throw a shout out to our to our boy at TaylorMade, Casey Dury, who's from Tahoe. Casey. From, from, from the area. And he I need actually, some nuggets, but He actually said, yeah, we need some nuggies. He actually said that, you know, the thing about Tahoe is that down on beach level, it can be fucking 80 degrees where if you're sitting in your car for so long in the middle of winter, the sun hitting your car, you need to put on your air conditioning. So I think, boys, we walked around that day. Other than a little bit of wind, it was like warm. Yeah. Um, that, you know, they were hoping the cloud cover came in. It wasn't, you know, you look out on the boats and see the people hanging out. Sure, there's fucking girls wearing bikinis and stuff out there. So it's like. Was uh, there? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, if you have a boat, there better be some girls yeah, in yeah, fucking no, for bikinis. Sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so no, I, I mean the ice wasn't perfect, boys. But that just you know the sun you can't you can't control Mother Nature. You know NBC did want those times uh, for you know whatever it, the aesthetics of of the daytime with the sun and the mountains with the snow on top and the trees and the lake that's beautiful. So to see both, we got to see it with the lights off or sorry you know at night with yeah. the lights on. Yeah, that looked cool too. But you just can't really see the lake and stuff. So to get both. Uh, other than the guys who had to wait, you know, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, but other yeah. than the guys who wait, what did you think, Jimmy? Well, I think when we talked to Rebo and Lannisgog and they said that uh, during their pregame skate there, the ice was so slushy, that's when I figured they're, this game's going to be in one at noon. Because like you said, it, it's gorgeous in Tahoe. It's too nice out. I think they needed to bump that game back to 7 o'clock, have the lights out, get people more involved. But I don't know. I think the NHL fucked up by doing a 12 p.m. start. I just remember watching the first period with you guys, and we were kind of – we were watching the game. We were bullshitting more than anything. At the end, I saw like two or three guys like fucking toe yeah. pick, like sniper stuff. And the fucking, I'm like, that was weird. And then as the fucking intermission went on, I was like, okay. I texted my buddy Brandon, the PR guy for the for the Avs. And I was like, you know, ask the boys in there what's going on. And he's like, yeah, the ice is shit. There's there's massive holes in it. It looks like it's going to be delayed. So it, for me, whatever, it, it worked out all right. But it leads me into my next point up, dog. And we're all ex-players. And, and the thing about hockey players, as we know, is it's all about routine, right? You get to the rink, yeah. you fucking warm up. These poor fuckers had to wait eight hours to go out there and finish their game 
what do you think you would have been doing for fucking eight hours in that hotel room? I think I got an idea, but. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> hey, w- would you be the only guy in NHL history to actually, like, if you hacked one off in between periods, would, <laughs> would you, you would be considered probably one of the only beauties to ever do that in the history that, of the NHL. That right? or the guy from Slapshot who used to rub one off in the penalty box. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just, just to get the hands back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old screwball where you sit on your hand for a while, it goes numb, and you just. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's something something that probably hasn't really happened. Uh, you know, some games I recall, some games the lights go out, the power's out, you can't really finish, and then all of a sudden you sit around in your dressing room for forever. Um, sometimes when a guy gets hurt, you know, a serious injury, you might sit in your room and, um, you know, I was part of the game when that Yuri Fisher you got you know heart issue oh, yeah. and, oh. and we all went into the into the room while we ne- needed medical attention so you sat there for like an hour and finally you came in and said we're going to call the game we'll restart it some other time but um you know this case gary bettman bill daly they had a lot on their plate um dealing with tv stuff like all i know is boys we sat there i was pretty hammered to start the game off and then to know that fucking <laughs> to know that we had eight hours to just continue the party to watch, you know, I, I took the Vegas Golden Knights in this game to win, mm-hmm. uh, so that was my only loss of the weekend. Um, that I knew that that was going to be a stretch. So you know, for the fans and the players, it was it was just a long day. But as a player, do you like go back in your routine? Are you going to go take another nap? Do you got to get another pregame meal in you? I mean, like. Eight no, hours. That's just, that's that's a that's a long time to be sitting around for another game. Yeah, it was it was crazy when I heard about it. Like, I mean, I think from what I got out of Landy was basically yeah they went back to the hotel they fucking shut her back down they got I mean they didn't play till nine o'clock and we were at that bar across the street uh, what was it called the Ale House Ale House or Ale Works, Ale Works. on the Nevada side if you're ever there go Thanks there these people us. are great fucking people at good energy. And then I almost forgot that the game was coming back on. And at 9 o'clock, I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go, boys. And, and you talked about under the lights, Uppy. I thought it looked good under the lights. I thought they could have started like they did with Boston and Philly, right? Start at 4.30 where it's still, and then the sun goes down at 5. I thought the ice looked obviously better. And under the lights, it looked. I thought it looked just as good. Yeah, they brought those big trucks in with the massive, like, I mean, they, they probably had these as backup, but... Um, you know, the big crane lights came in, four of them really shined on... Um, you know, shined on the entertainment and it was, it was a good, you know, it was a good backup plan that they had, but you know, you can't control just the way the sun hits the ice and melts it. And you know, the safety of the players and the, the actually integrity of, of the game and the skill, you can't play hockey when you're playing on slush, right? It's like, I had a tweet one time where I was in Phoenix and the ice was so fucking bad. And after the game, I was like, you know, I could have made better ice than a fucking seven seven eleven slurpee machine <laughs> out of a seven eleven slurpee machine, right? Yeah. And Don Maloney grabbed me like the next day. This is when Twitter first came out. It was probably two thousand and nine. He's like, "You can't say that on because it's like our staff and that you're yeah. talking about." I'm like, "Yeah, but the fuck, you legit need to fucking fix the ice. Like we can't play on that. Mm-hmm. They need to fucking yeah. figure our shit out." So finally, I just took my I got, I got maybe five thousand followers at the time. Yeah, I'm like, I just had to say it. It was so bad. So yeah. anyway, shouldn't have said that. Sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it you're, just you're right as a pro, and and that's a good point by you. Like a lot of the rinks in the NHL, the ice isn't great. Like the Honda Center, my rookie year wasn't very good. And I get treated Tampa. The ice was kind of shit. Carolina wasn't perfect. So throughout the course of the season, another thing that I'm I don't know if fans knew. I'm sure some of them do that the ice conditions in the NHL aren't perfect. Broadway. Yeah, the ice, uh, especially in Boston and and MSG. And the one thing I noticed, boys, 
when it rains out during the, before the game, that means the ice is going to be in one. I don't understand why, but every single time it rained in Boston, I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be a tough night. This really? It's going to be slow like ice. Humidity yeah. or, the humidity yeah. or whatever just always fucked up the ice. So you always that's why in Florida, I think the ice wasn't that bad. You know, you go down Florida, it's nice little weather out there for you. Was the ice good in Florida? I only played, fuck, I think I only played one home game that year. The time in the playoffs when we got playing into May, it was fucking terrible. Slushy. Gnarly, yeah. Was we that got, the time when you fucking went over the boards? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, This is great. Me and Loops were in Australia, and Uppy's playing the fucking Devils in the playoffs, so we're down there. I think this is when fucking the NHL had the versus package or whatever. Oh. So we're at this bar. We're like, hey, man, we need you to somehow find this fucking hockey game for our best buddies playing. So it took him like 30 minutes to find the fucking thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 that's it. And then fuck, sure enough, Uppy, Uppy first shift, goes full up dog, over the boards in the bench. They're like, who's your buddy? We're like, that guy there that just went over the fucking bench. When I, when I missed the guy, I literally went ass over tea kettle and I just looked, I, I looked down my bench and I went, change, change. <laughs> like it yeah, was yeah. fucking mental. It, it was great. So, um, boys, the ice in the NHL, it's something to work with, but it was our first watch party. All right, and I remember we sat down for breakfast, Uppy, and we were all a little hurting. And, and Uppy's like, Dude, you know, do you know what? You got to play. We got to play for this, boys. And I was like, to be honest with you, Uppy, I, I don't have a fucking clue what we're going to do here. So I thought it was good to our listeners if we do it again, which we will. The questions, man, they're the be- that's the best part of it for me. Like, I, I, I love sitting around shooting the shit with you guys. But when we had the game going and the questions and they were chirping us. So if we ever do it again to our listeners, please chime in. Because to me, Uppy, that was the best part of the watch party and the skinny margaritas I had to go on. Yeah, no, we wanted to just see what we could make out of it. Um, we obviously wanted to get on the road. We wanted to bring Jimmy in. Uh, so it was Jimmy fucking A. It was a great, it was a great opportunity to bring you back. And uh, it was just a sign of what things can be like for the future of missing curfew and traveling and whether, fuck, we got this beautiful studio here at Hall Pass yeah. 2, TV. We got an outdoor area. We can bring in massive fucking truck with a massive TV, throw a little party, watch party, whether it's for a playoff game, a fucking football game, anything. Anything to interact with our fans like that, like we had, was, like you said, it was great. The, the questions were hilarious. The yeah. chirps were yeah. great. Chirps I love ripping into flowers. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> flowers. And so, you know, boys, it was it was a sign of, of things to come. And uh, the platform, you know, that we used with YouTube, our YouTube channel. Yeah, our YouTube everyone channel. Everyone who, who subscribed, you got us over 1,000 followers. Uh, we're going to keep that growing and bring you guys some fucking awesome uh, you know, content and uh you know, show show us. Uh, we're going to show you what it's just like in the life of missing curfew. Yeah, probably. What were your thoughts on the on the watch party? I love the watch party, and uh, like you guys said, the questions are the best part. Just having the fans chirp you, and then they actually had a lot of intelligent questions as well. And just the way like we went in there, having no idea how this was going to work, I thought we did a hell of a job with it. I'll tell you what, my confidence did go up when I was walking to breakfast with you. We were waiting for the updog, and we walked by A-Hall Max, and they had the, the, the starting of the setup in the Hard Rock, and I was like, well, fuck. At least if we sound stupid, we're going to look good anyways, because it was a was fucking National League setup. And then we came back for breakfast, and there were some boys sitting in there drinking already. There was a McKinnon jersey, Austin Matthews jersey. Guy was at the wrong game, but at least he came to support us. And then as the show went on, like people started coming in the hard rock and they had jerseys on and they were yelling at us. And I was like, all right, well, this is picking up some fucking momentum for COVID up dog, you know? Yeah. Other than, you know, we had to wear the mask so we couldn't fucking you know, mask. smile on the camera. And, and it sounded like my girl texts me. She's like, are you that fucking stuffed up or is it the mask? And I'm like, it could be a little bit of both. It's a little, it's a little smoky. It's a little smoky in here. You know, we are in a casino, so there was a little bit of smoke. Um, but, you know, there was all in all just uh, an incredible time to feel like you're part of the team again on the road, uh, you know, looking out for each other, having each other's backs, you know, buying each other beer, 
Fuck it, it was great. Yeah, shout out to Bizzle, your boy from uh, yeah. Nashville, Tim Gibbons. I never knew his fucking name. I've hung out with the guys 50 times. Upbeat. That was nice having Bizzle there for him. Yeah, yeah, he's a great team guy. Yeah, he Bizzle. wasn't drinking, so I need a little no drinking partner. Totally, yeah. Bizzle's yeah. been Bizzle's been off the sauce for like nine months. So I, I remember Uppy was texting, the, text, or we had to get the names for the planes or whatever, and then Uppy's like, yeah, yeah, add Tim Gibbons. I'm like, the <laughs> fuck is Tim Gibbons? And then Up Dog's like, that's Bizzle's name. So I'd hung out with the guy probably 50 times and never knew. His name was Tim Gibbons. Yeah, How did you yeah, get we, the nickname Bizzle? Did he ever tell us? It was that was from years ago. It was just a fucking you know, him being a bartender. Yeah, and, I don't know, but uh, fuck, it kind of suits him. That. He is a Bizzle. Bizzle, yeah, yeah. Bizzle. So, anyways, to our listeners, again, we're gonna you know thank the Hard Rock, thank the NHL, Hall Pass Media. Um, we got a good team feel here now. Up dog, I'm missing curfew, and and if we do the watch party again, please you know chime in, chirp us, ask questions. It's it made it so much more fun and. Uh, moving on to some NHL news, Sidney Crosby, who we all played against throughout our career, um, played his thousandth game. Um, Oppie, what, what do you think of Sid? What do you think about when you played against him? Or maybe, you know, what what's the most, you know, thing that I yeah. appreciate the most about Sid? Boys, it makes, A, I feel old mm-hmm. when Sidney Crosby <laughs> has a thousand games. I know. Um, but not only do I feel old, I feel, I feel fortunate, man. I feel like fucking I got to play hockey face-to-face against one of the best players to ever lace up skates and play the game and um you know i remember playing off uh you know crosby in the playoffs and fucking when we were in philly conference finals in the igloo yeah you had some good back in philly and i'm talking battles you know richie fucking challenging you know crosby off the draw after i fucking ran over jordan stall and knocked him out um we had battles and you know i recall a time too where i was in florida and sid wasn't playing and i had my brother brento uh in town and we got you know we got in the elevator with him going up to the skybox and sure enough he's like hey uppy what's up you know and i'm like fuck this is my brother brent my bro had a mustache at the time it wasn't november but he just looked like a beauty leather jacket fucking looking hilarious and uh sid's you know we started shooting the shit and he took a pick with my bro a pick that my brother still has and you know things like that like sid you always hear you know quality stories of what how he treats people away from the rink and um and what he's been able to do on the ice and off the ice is pretty special so uh, you know, congrats, Sid. Fucking thousand games. You know, we're we're a big fan and fucking keep her going. Yeah, yeah. Probably before we get your opinion on um, Sid, I got to change the subject here. Has anyone have you ever looked at Justin Falk? Has anyone ever told you he looks like Brento a little bit? Nobody does. He does. Yeah, he totally Every does. Every time I watch fucking Justin Falk play, I'm like, fuck. Fuck. That that's looks kind like of how my brother played. To be <laughs> honest, righty, like Mas- like little had the mustache. had the mustache. Played hard. Yeah. Fucking hits guys, doesn't but doesn't back down. <laughs> Guy Fox too. I'm like every time I watch him, I'm like fuck. Like Brento Brent. Fox. <laughs> so sorry about that. <laughs> I've been dying to tell you that. Not just yeah, he sure down does. right here, he but sure does. Um, what were your thoughts on Sid Thousand Game and Broadway as an American-born guy? Just you got to respect him. Yeah, he's uh, he's been the face of the NHL since he's got into the league. What was it? 2005, 2004. Is, is that what he was? Saying? Yeah. So Maybe he a later he got drafted. No, the lockout five. The lockout five. Right. The yeah. lockout year. Because I was with the Ducks. I remember they obviously didn't play. And they were doing the lottery. And it was down right. to two fucking teams. Pittsburgh and Anaheim. With the last two little fucking balls that are on there. So we're like, holy fuck. Anaheim might get fucking Sidney Crosby. Imagine how much different things would have been for Ooh, hockey down here. Hockey down here. But anyways. But no, he's just been an icon. And then I was actually lucky enough to go to Pittsburgh's uh, training camp. And I was, it was a quick cup of coffee. It was there two weeks. But I got to sit next to Sid. And... He treated me like I was his teammate the whole time there. He's just a guy that is a first-class guy. I heard tons of good stories about him. My buddy Dumoulin is uh, – I'll give you a quick story. They all went out one night, and uh, they're sitting at the table, and they're getting ready to leave. 
Sid gets them into the place right away, pays for the bill, nice. and then leaves. And like these guys are there two in the morning partying, and then all of a sudden the bill's paid for. So like just doing little shit like that. That's it's top notch like Crosby. That's, do you think you would have done that if me and you were on the squad up? Yeah, because if know, he leaves that car until <laughs> two in the morning, back out. Hey, those are good nights you want to be out though, eh? when, when one of the boys just fires that down. Yeah, that's classy. So what was he like? I know you're only there for two weeks, but what was he like? I think I may probably know the answer, but his day-to-day routine at the at the rink must be just fucking dialed in, right? It is the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Him and Malkin. Malkin works hard too during practice. That's why we were getting all over Malkin during a couple weeks ago for his play. Yeah, I was all over him. But Crosby... He, he reminds me of Brad Marshawn as well. Like, they just go so hard in practice, and he, he wants to make sure, like, if you're defending him, he wants you to defend him because he, like, it's game like them at all times. Yeah. So he's just a, a true pro, and, I mean, I kind of impressed how he can do it every damn day. Yeah, so for me, Sid, the thing is, and up you touched on it with your battles with the Flyers, when he came in the league, listen, he got fucking abused, man. He yeah. got ran. He got fucking hit hard. He got cross-checked. Darren Hatcher was abusing him. Mike Richards was abusing him. Say what you want about Connor McDavid. Connor's never had to do what Sid had to do. He's no. never been fucking ran. He's You're never right. had a concussion. He's never had a fucking cross check to the back of the neck. Sid had that. <laughs> now, did Sid whine to the refs? Fucking absolutely he did. We used to be like, shut the fuck up, Crosby. Quit whining. But he battled through that. So I'm always, when I talk about Sidney Crosby, Sid, you never back down. You got abused again. The rules changed because you got abused so much. But he took that. And then for me, it was just his complete game. And then I remember he came in the league and he wasn't very good at faceoffs. Fuck, three years into the league, he's the best in the league at faceoffs. Um, couldn't shoot. Couldn't shoot, and all of a sudden he's going fucking short side top titty. Now his backhand's unbelievable. Yeah, and for, for me it was just the year they won back-to-back Stanley Cups. I mean, fuck, for anyone to win back-to-back, it's just impressive. So to Sid, I, it was great how all the boys in warm-up, when he, I guess he does the fucking tie <laughs> the skate awesome. up thing. I mean, when I saw that, he, he had a big smile on his They all took that. a knee. We usually take a knee for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but they all took a knee, yeah, tied it up. He laughed. That was a good chuckle. That's good for the game. Um, but, yeah, boys, 1,000 games for him. You know, a lot, a lot of guys that we play with now are fucking creeping up there. Yeah. yeah. But you guys in Philly, like prime example, you guys used to try to just abuse them out there, right? It was our only thing we could do. You yeah. had to take him out of the game. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't, it was, you know, he's just the type of guy, the puck's always on his stick. He's always making the right play. If, you know, before you know it, it's fucking in the back of your net. So, yeah. um, you know, if, if you take away a guy's, a guy's uh, you know, ability to fucking control, control the game uh, through – you know, hard work and physicality like we had to. Um, it was our only only chance. I mean, it was probably why we lost. <laughs> <laughs> Those were good series. I remember watching them. So to say congrats on a 1,000 games, buddy, you, you're an old school guy now, obviously, and that's the one thing uh, he used to take a beating and, and, and work through it. So we're going to go to a... We're going to go the opposite way. A young captain, Broadway, who you were playing with, a 22-year-old. Help me with his last name. Nico Heesher. Heesher. Nico Heesher. You had been talking about over the, over the weekend when he did get named captain, and we had Lindy Ruff on power play with Steve Cools yesterday, and he said this kid is wise beyond his years. He's only 22, but he was a no-brainer captain. You know this kid. What's he like? Yeah, that's, ex- uh, that's a great way how Ruff um, explained it to him. He's a kid that he doesn't say much. He's not going to be a vocal leader. He's going to lead by example, and he's been a hell of a player. I know people are questioning that pick at first, but now they look like geniuses, and I think that he's going to be able to help turn that – team around in uh new jersey with, with jack hughes there now and stuff so he's a guy that's going to be a hell of a leader and uh he's been working on his english because i i, I got I, I call him mignon because yeah. we went to dinner one night 
And he ordered the Philip Mignon. And I was like, are you kidding me, kid? So I, his nickname to me, Nico, you listening? Mignon. So I'm happy for you. And congratulations on being the captain. So you, he, you took him out for a nice nostalgic dinner. And he was like, what the fuck's a Philip Mignon? What the hell's a Philip Mignon? I was like, it's, it's Mignon. What'd you say it was? I told him it was a nice, nice, nice piece of steak. Like, That's a fucking nice piece of beef. I couldn't lie to him. Yeah. So the, and the thing is, up dog, what? Obviously, you know the kid, but we had Landis Cog on over the weekend, and he got named captain at 20, and he was like, ah, it was probably a couple years too early. Are you worried that maybe this kid's a little too young to be named captain or just a young team? They're all coming up together. Give him the captain at 22. They'll grow as a whole organization. I think it's just a big testament for Swiss hockey, right? Jim? Yeah. Probably. Like, I, you know, I played in Switzerland last year. Um, a lot of good fucking Swiss players now coming up before it was – you know, we had Jonas Hiller and, and Lucas Spiza, right? Back in the day, Hobbs. And yeah. now it's like you have, uh, you know, the kid in Tampa, that fucking Nemo, um, the kid that just flies. He's a fucking huge left-handed winger in San Jose. Did I say oh, Tampa or San said, Jose? You said Tampa, but are you talking I about Meyer? Meyer. Meyer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beast? Kid, yeah, say, yeah he can so fly. My head's still That's in right. Tahoe. It's up in the clouds. Yossi, <laughs> Yossi's Swiss uh, too, right? Yossi's Swiss. Yossi. So, like, you're starting, to, you're starting to see this, like, transformation. You got you got Kubalik. You got some really skilled players coming. Well, Kubalik's fucking... What am I talking about? He's fucking Checo. <laughs> but he played in Switzerland. <laughs> anyway... Um, you know, a good young captain again, taking the C on, a lot of responsibility. I know Obes, you guys had who did you guys have on yesterday? Lindy Ruff. Lindy coach. Ruff, the head coach, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, he, yeah. What, did he, what was he saying? He about was him? just like this kid, you know, he does everything right. He works hard. He's a leader. He's you know, he's obviously gotten better as his, the, the years have gone on. And, you know, just with Captain, when we had Factor on last week or two weeks ago, and he was like, you know, there's more to being a captain than just in the room, the families and and dealing with all kinds of stuff. I just I was never even <laughs> remotely in line to be captain of any team, but that's not—that's something I never talked about. So I was just thinking for a 22-year-old Swiss kid that maybe English isn't perfect. It could be too soon, but no. But he's like uh, his sailing in the NHL, and you call me crazy. I think he could become the next Patrice Bergeron. Whoa! Like that's the type of way he plays. He's so good defensively, and he's going to start putting up numbers. And I think if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a a Selkie winning guy. What did you say? His what in the <laughs> NHL? His ceiling. <laughs> his ceiling? Yeah, like yeah. you like yeah. taking potential. Yeah, 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 yeah no, no, no. I just, it sounds fucking sick. As a boss with a Boston accent. <laughs> I say Boston? With a Boston accent. Fucking, fucking ceiling. Fucking ceiling. You, right. think, it's it's like, you think it could be like Bergeron? That's eh? what I think so, yeah. Wow, that's, that's, well, that's how good defensively is. Yeah, but isn't he like, uh, what's his body type like? What's he look like he in the shower? Small. Huge wrench. <laughs> he's, a, he's a skinny guy. He's a skinny guy. So he's got to put some weight on, but he's still young. I think, I think he's going to shock you guys here. Yeah. Because Patrice Bergeron's like a horse. Uh, I yeah, mean, his probably guy, legs are bigger than my fucking. I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna rename yeah. the Selkie to Bergeron yeah, Selkie. Totally. Yeah. And Bergeron seems to be still getting better every year. Like we, we I thought maybe this would be the year that the bees kind of drop off, but like we talked about they named Bergeron captain, who I was a no brainer, and now they're just they're just absolutely rolling again. So that could be the ultimate compliment. And I've watched Jersey. I like their team. They got good team speed. That Jack Hughes, good American board oh. player who I think looks small out there, but he's you know he's hard on pucks and he he's putting fly, up numbers. He can fly, yeah. Cool. So, um, Lindy Ruff, yeah, he was a great guy. First time I've ever talked to him. I remember playing against him in Buffalo. Beauty. Yeah, he's a fucking. I had beauty. him at World Championships. Yeah, he's a Western leaguer, right? Or? So funny, man. Fucking Colby Armstrong. Like, uh, we we had this team. We had our team little suite in the hotel in Switzerland that we'd all like kind of have YouTube and we'd watch whatever as we play cards and drank wine after games and fucking. This one time, uh, Army pulls up a fight between. 
Lindy Ruff and Cam Neely. Oh, man. And wow. it's where Lindy Ruff just absolutely gets KO'd by Cam Neely, right? <laughs> no. So he, he plays this and is like laughing, laughing, laughing. And everyone's like, and Lindy's like in the room fucking looking at us and we're all dying laughing because it was. <laughs> and so Army's like, Lindy, I'm sorry, buddy. Watch this. And he fucking pulls up a. a a video of army of himself getting fucking KO'd by some Russian <laughs> who was just like, like, ah, oh, fuck. You know what? Everyone, every good guy gets KO'd now and then. Okay, so, anyway. I just remember, I don't know army just to play it against them, but I remember Lopes used to talk about army in Toronto, like with the peaks and valleys. And he, he called, he called the press box the depressor. He's like, oh, yeah, no. Lopes, fuck. I'm back up in the depressor again tonight, buddy. <laughs> so he must've been a fun teammate though to play with. Army, yeah. Right? Yeah. I played with him at world juniors my very first year over in Czech. And then we were line mates and then we were line mates fucking, you know, probably 12 years later, world championships. So, um, great guy. Uh, good career now in, in broadcasting. Yeah, he's Pittsburgh great on, Penguins he's guy great on Sportsnet, he's, too. he's on Sportsnet. Yeah. He's a uh, great view on the game. Good fucking, good uh, comedic kind of outlook on things. Yeah. He's, he's always a good guy. You guys know. It's good to have these guys on your team that, um, you know, know how to make people laugh. Know how to take a fucking, either a compliment or criticism and turn it into either something that makes the boys fucking have a good time. For sure. You make fun of yourself. Yeah. It's all part of the game, man. You Keep gotta, the fucking room loose. Totally. You know, it's a long year as it is. Guys, like, I think us three did a pretty good job keeping the room loose. You're damn right. You had to. Yeah. <laughs> you had Somebody to said it. maybe a little too loose at times, but yeah. When we got to the dog days, like now in February, those were the worst. So you, I, need, you need some guys to have some fun. I was just so excited when I got called up for you guys' team in Florida that I was just like, oh, you were excited. You got called fuck up on every road excited. trip. Every road trip. Every I, road I, knew trip. I, I knew I wasn't going to be there for very long, so I'm like, fuck, boy. Boys, we gotta we gotta really enjoy this up dog let's line something up and get after it but uh <laughs> dude i want to talk about this fucking beauty who you played with again who you said may may make an appearance on missy curfew which i hope you can pull out for the boys um comes out for warm-up in fucking shades the other night in tahoe david pasternak first of all the bruins come out with the whole 90s or 80s snow fucking outfit right? what'd it. you guys think of that what'd you think loved of that it i thought that was awesome i wish teams had like certain uh what do you call it certain styles they're all going in with those games that was so themes, funny for the like theme, yeah theme. themes themes because yeah, the bruins yeah. the bruins that last time they did the outdoor game at uh notre dame they did peaky blinders so did the bruins right. are on to something so here. They're, they're clever playing, they're playing outdoor games and they got some good themes going who, who i loved leads it. that charge jimmy you yeah. played on there who, who's the one in the room fucking saying this i think the peaky blinders one was tory krug but this year i, I guarantee it was bergeron and marchand yeah Bergeron's a funny guy. He gets like that serious like uh, thing. I mean, obviously because he's a captain and he's just a focused man. But and, never, like, and he never makes a mistake on yeah, the ice. He doesn't make a mistake. Just, but like, when, he's, probably serious. when he's in the locker room, he is a funny, funny guy to be around. Yeah, he seems like... I mean, you could see how happy the boys were from... I, I liked in Boston this year when they were going to name him captain when they pulled up Marshawn. And then, yeah, then, then Marshawn's like, well, we all know who the real captain's going to be. So. <laughs> but listen to these fucking numbers for Pasta. So we talk about McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, right? Well, this fucking guy in the last 82 games, I know it's over the course of two seasons because of COVID up dog. He's got 59 tucks and 113 points in 82 games. I mean, fuck. Those fucking, numbers are fucking. That, those numbers, fuck. Those, the 59 goals, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's yeah, impressive. I, mean, well, I didn't even have 59 in my career. <laughs> what, what do you think? And I, I don't have this, and it's we could probably look it up. But who who would be next in the last eighty two games? It, had it to would be probably be, it'd probably be for goals for goals. Yeah, probably Matthews. or Drysital. I was gonna yeah, say right? Drysital or Matthews. Yeah. 100%. What about Ovi? Did Ovi hit? He has. Um, Ovi did could, Ovi win the goal score? No, no. Who won the goal scoring last year? He was tied last year. Pasta. Yeah, didn't yeah, he? yeah Pasta. Right. Yeah, he tied with Pasta. So I, yeah. So I guess Ovi. I mean, boys, the right-handed fucking one T guy. It's like the. Uh, the goal scorers are the right-handed ones. Matthews has come along and being that one lefty. 
that can just absolutely snipe. But I, you look back at these guys who, who win these scoring titles, and Ovechkin's won a lot. I got a question that. for you guys. Yeah. Who would you rather have right now on your team, David Pasternak or Austin Matthews? <sighs> Fuck. That's I a- would probably take – I would probably take <sighs> – Right now, right and now. if I had to, lo- lo- can I lock him in, or do I get him for one year? Or the GM, you can lock him in as long as you want. Okay, because if it's a one-year deal, I'd want Pasternak. If it's an eight-year deal, I think I'd probably want Matthews. Wow, Fuck, um, that's, yeah, that's probably that's a good answer, up. You know what I that's mean? That's a good way to look Pasternak at Pasternak right now. Is is going, yeah. but like he's got a lot more miles on him. I think. Yeah, you know, no. they might not be that difference in age. Probably three, four years. Um, but Matthews, like he, you talk about the ceilings. He has, <laughs> he has fucking potential to be, you know, yeah. the Rocket Richard Trophy winner for ten years straight if he if he can, you know, continue to play with Marner and fucking find a way to, um, you know, mix in some defense. I, I agree. I think Matthews is just scratching the surface. Yeah. I think he has another level. I'm gonna say Poster. I'm gonna say Pasternak just because he wore fucking sunglasses out there for warm up. He's the only fucking guy to wear shades out there for warm up. Up dog. I, if we were on the same team, I would have shades on, and I would have said, "Up, dog, put some fucking shades." What kind shades of shades on. would you have on? Though? Well, you back in the day, I would have per, those uh, persoles. Back in the day, persoles. There was there was a consecutive like three or four summers straight where me and Uppy and Loops when we were all single and rocking. I bet you I lost fucking eight to ten pairs of shades. First of all, same ones. Go out the next week, buy the same ones that weekend. Fuck, lose them again. Like literally, I bought. I bet you I bought. 30 pairs of these fucking $450, $450 yeah. fucking shades. Yeah, like, just a meat stick. But um, to Pasternak, that was great. And there was one goalie who had shades on, actually. Because remember how we were sitting talking? Oh, it was like, Grubauer. Yeah. Grubauer had the shades Grubauer. under the helmet. And I was like, boys, if I'm a goalie, can you wear the shades out there, you think? And I get, he only wore it for warm-up. I don't think he wore them in that first period, did he? No, I thought this, he should have did the mask with like a shade fucking cover, like, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. The cool. little... Make it I look see like what fucking you're saying, Daft like Punk. Tinted, like almost to, like football running backs when they put the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Shout out to Daft Punk. Oh, they split up, right? They, they split up. Fuck. So maybe my, bear, maybe my bear brick dolls I'm all now. Night to get yeah, lucky. Yeah, totally. yeah. Yeah. That's where you send those fucking bears? <laughs> I still have lucky. the bears. You do? Well, yeah, the bears are oh, in my kitchen. Right above your bar. Yeah, fuck. I, I got my bear brick dolls. For anyone who doesn't know, they're fucking <laughs> sick. And I have, you know, they've been with me since Florida. Bro, they've seen a so lot of fucking stuff go on in my, in my yeah. life. They know more dirt on me than anyone. They're my best friends. But they don't fucking say anything. I usually just They fucking keep their mouth shut. When I'm looking at that bar of yours, I'm just looking at what kind of fucking skin tequila you got up there but now that you say that they're top cheese right they see it all but yeah to daft punk what a band broadway we finally got some time to hang out the other night and watch a hockey game together usually it's through text messaging and you're telling me your picks and who you like uh, but we were watching this game and there were some ticky tack slash penalties on the teams that we had money on and you told me a fucking hilarious pto story about what happened to you in jersey just let our listeners know i thought it was fucking great oh man this is when so this would have been 2017 when I went to New Jersey on a PTO and they were just starting to change like the rules, like the stupid slashing penalties. Mm-hmm. So I get my first game in there. Obviously, I'm a little nervous. Get on the ice 10 seconds in. Minor slashing penalty. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Get out of the box. Go off, take a face-off. Face-off violation. Because remember they were doing the face-off <laughs> violation? I got a face-off violation penalty. So now I'm at two. Now we get to the second period. I take a hook. Three penalties. Third period, I took a little rough and penalty. Four minor penalties in one game. I called my agent after. I was like, Bob, you got to call a new team because there's no way I'm making this team. <laughs> but even uh, Ray Shiro was laughing his ass off. He was just like, I mean, yeah, it's, you got to be the test dummy. But wow. Did that, 
if they're going to call the game like that, it's going to be a long year. That's a tough feel, though, when you're on a fucking PTO. Four hey, Mr. Myers, hey, Mr. PTO, worse, if you boys. get four Myers, you're like, yeah, well, I'm going fucking back to the junkie. Oh, I thought my, I was going home. My last PTO game, um, it was in Colorado. I was with Dallas. I got two penalties in the first two periods. Then I ended up scoring a goal. So I thought I might have made. Goal. So I thought I might have made up for it. Sure enough, nope. Got back. Fucking name wasn't on the board. They took me fucking jersey oh. by. I was watching that game. I was at Big Canyon at the men's grill pre-COVID when you could actually sit in there and have a fucking glass of wine with the boys. Yeah. And uh, Santiago and Martin, the boys that worked the fucking, uh, they're awesome guys. I'm like, boys, you got to fire this game on. Upshaw's playing right now, and I'm guaranteed he's going to be fucking buzzing. And I turned it on. No word to lie. You're the best player on the ice. And then he scores this like sick upshaw fucking breakaway goal. I remember goal. that goal. That goal and I'm awesome. like, fuck, boys. I remember telling the boys, I'm like, that bottom, fuck, another week, he'll be there. Yeah. Fuck, no, two I days later, he calls me. Game's changed. Then I went out and just got shit-faced in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I took our boy Younger out, and I'm like, Younger, we're going for it here tonight. Broadway, that was that was a great little PTO story there. Four minors, up dog. You got to respect that for all the fucking Mr. PTO you are. 100%. Fuck, I'm the, I was the minor king for a long, long time. You made that team, though, right, Broadway? Yeah. I made that team, yeah. Frosty got you on that squad. Eh? They're like, this guy's a good guy. Don't worry about uh, the four minors. You know, like, when you're in the training camp, you're like, fuck, I don't want to play in every game. But when you're on a PTO... Yeah. I was I played in all seven. I actually think I lead the league in preseason games. Buddy, fuck every I'm, year I had. Played I'm seven. glad you brought. I had so me too. So the fucking PTO I went on with you with you boys. I I had like five pretty good games. Five good games in the can, and then we were going to Tampa to play, and I wasn't supposed to play, and something happened. Remember up and we're getting off the plane, and Glance like you're playing tonight, and I'm like fuck. I'll be like no, that's a good thing. Like our whole team's playing. It's a fucking good thing. Trust me. I'm like yeah, I know, but fuck, I'm kind of due for a fucking stinker here. <laughs> and sure enough, I had a bit of a fucking stinker. I don't think I would have. I wasn't going to get my one way either way, but I was just like, ah, I don't really want to fucking play tonight. Like, because I played every other game up to that point except for one. I played five out of seven or something, or five out of six. So I, I know was, what you're saying. I was supposed to have uh, the night off one time in Florida. So then we went to that. What was that place out? The Co Cowboys? Was that the bar called Cowboys out outside of Fort Lauderdale, Lap Dog? Yeah, the one um, in. Um the college area, yeah. It was so, a cowboy bar, yeah. So we all went out. Oh yeah, I think I, we all I went out. I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to play the next day, so I was like, perfect. We're gonna have a nice little night. Dave Bolin decides, I think he's a little too hungover, so he doesn't want to play, and he's a veteran. So I got thrown in the lineup, and I was so fucking bad that game. So I gotta be a little bit more professional when it comes <laughs> bully, to that. Bully, bully, you know what? Bully, bully, you earned it, buddy. You don't want to play a fucking preseason game, you don't have to play one. But bully, it cost you. Yeah, but bully, he owes me another Louis Vuitton wallet. <laughs> Boys, fucking, as, the, as Bruce Buffer says, fighting. There was some fucking fighting over the weekend in the NHL. And the updog, you wanted to talk about it, which yeah, I yeah. fucking love. I like, loved oh, it. Let's talk fighting. So I mean, it's all over our fucking Instagram, It's too. all over our, our Instagram. Yeah. The big and seven, the big seven one train in Vancouver. What's his name? Zach McEwen? Is McEwen. He? Yeah, McEwen. McEwen. He's a big yeah. boy. And then he fought Forbert. That was a I pretty good it. tilt. Back Two and forth, boys. fucking center ice, bucket fucking coming off. I mean, that that McEwen, I mean, you got to make a name for yourself now, right? Boys, you get like one or two opportunities now because there's so many kids coming yeah. in, tough kids. This The ones that still can fight, man, they, they challenge each other. They want a shot at the title. But these two kids went at it hard, and um, I love what I saw. And then, you know, there was a fight last night too, fucking Marcus Foligno, who I played against a lot. Like, we played Minnesota Wild He's a tons. big fucker. Um he was tough. He'd always fucking play third, fourth line against Brodziak, me, and Revo. Uh, he's really the only guy that would step up for anyone on their team. Um, 
what he did last night, he fucking punched the guy. I thought the guy's head was going to fly off in the fucking <laughs> oh. helmet. And uh, and sure enough, you know, I think he he knew he fucking busted up the side. Well, of his he cut him under his face. He yeah. calls the ref over. You know, classy move. I think he even took one because he kind of stopped fighting. He took one, but uh, hats off to the to that other kid. For now, what fucking I keep for, throwing? Fuck the other kid was trying to get out of it. Was it was going to get ugly? Now, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, Felino must have hurt his hand, right? Because he threw, he threw, and then he was like, you know, maybe yeah. bro- broke his hand. But I don't think that was it. I think he was just like, hey. Come in here this <laughs> before yeah. I fucking decapitate this poor <laughs> yeah, fuck, right? Totally. Yeah, that's what he's definitely was doing. And that happened once uh, when I was playing in Boston. Kevin Miller got into a fight with uh, that Vitali, and he hit him so hard, like you could hear the kid's face break on the ice. And, like <sighs> you just feel terrible because you, when you're fighting a guy, you're not you're not trying to like kill the guy. Like you're obviously trying to hurt him because you're fighting. But I think that uh, fight ended that guy's career. But oh, Kevin Miller did that. the same thing. He was sitting there. He's, Look at the ref, grabs the refs. Like, the guy's out on his feet. Like, you got to come break this up. Bare knuckle fighting, man. It's on been blades. fucking around forever. Obi, you showed me in Flowers that fucking video sitting on the bird of Wendell Clark. All heart, oh. Metallica. All heart yeah. with Metallica. I used to and watch that before our playoff, every playoff game. Boys, he got on top of that Minnesota fucking North Star and he started <laughs> fucking pumping the guy's <laughs> face. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's assault nowadays. That's, That's assault. assault, brother. That's yeah. assault, brother. <laughs> I think he got up with a fucking smile on his face. Oh, buddy. They, like, out. loved doing that back in the day. It was crazy. That guy was just fucking eating knuckles. Just <laughs> douche. And fucking Wendell. And there's I, another. Wendell was my favorite. Him and Dougie G were my favorite players growing yeah. up. First Wendell, then Dougie. And there's a hit in that All Heart video, too, by Metallica. Where Wendell hits this guy from St. Louis behind the net, where if that happened now, they might throw him in fucking jail. Like this guy hits some of the guys just like, like he's out cold and pissed on a plate. Fuck. That's hockey delay. I'll be I wanna bring you I wanna just piggyback what you said because you said it's about an opportunity for these guys, you know? And, and last year when Vegas was playing Vancouver in the second round, I went on sports set with my boy Dano and Randy, who you go on with. Yeah. And I said I call him the big seventy one train McEwen. I said, listen, this guy he should go out and fight Revo fucking game one of the series. And I took some backlashing from Dano and Randeep and a lot of Vancouver Canucks Twitter that that's not his role. You know, he's not here to fight. I said, well, then what the fuck is he there for, right? Because I was worried that the Canucks were going to go into that series and get fucking pushed around by Revo and everyone else. I know this is back to last year's playoffs, but do you think he should have, like, do you think that's still, like, he could still do that come playoff time for your boys, right? A hundred percent, especially if you're playing the Vegas Golden Knights who have the upper hand and, and the advantage in a series. I mean, I, we talked about this with Revo in our last podcast, but, you know, the days of just dropping your gloves off the draw and fighting for no fucking reason, the coaches don't like it. Most of the players don't want to do it. Yeah. They'd rather go out and score goals, especially when, you know, you get seven minutes of ice time a night. You'd rather fucking try to be on the ice with one of your best players and just keep your stick down and fucking hopefully get a tap in, yeah. right? More money, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but in a case where it's the playoffs, it's an entirely different story. It's an entirely different story because fucking momentum changes from fighting, from hitting, from fucking intimidation and in a playoffs like you stepped up over you played in the playoffs uh, i'm sorry but dave and randeep have not played in the playoffs neither have fucking half the vancouver listeners that were probably giving <laughs> you shit you know what opportunities are for for young kids and stepping up to fight a guy like revo and and hoping that can change the momentum and bring the fucking vancouver canucks into the second round yeah. is a game changer fucking it put them on it put them on the charts yeah, for years I, exactly and i just thought if this guy can go out there in game one and fight ryan reeves and guys like pedersen and, and brock bezer miller they're like oh all right all right totally. all right all right, yeah, what it does right. For the we don't have to worry about the this. effect yeah this guy fucking running around killing everyone and they ended up uh 
Did they beat Vegas? No, they lost to Vegas. They lost no, in they seven. Because yeah, the Thatcher Denchko was yeah. fucking turned into fucking Ken Dryden back in the day. He was yeah, just he fucking totally Boston kicking. college boy then, Phil. But, but, uh, but again, Revo will look at the whole fucking bench in the playoffs and you fucking call everyone on. Yeah. Like, I'm going to kill all you guys. He's not going to do it in the regular season. He'll only do it to one or two guys. But in the playoffs, he knows what works. If you don't have anyone on your bench to fucking do anything, it's it's yeah. like my tail is going to be tucked between my legs. I don't want to go out and he's going to hurt me. Yeah. Fucking all these young kids, you know. And he, your star players are like, fuck, you yeah. know, they're a little, they're a little bit worried. And I, I just remember, I think it was my, my first year in Vancouver, we were playing the Blackhawks and I was all over Big Buff. Like, this is when he was playing forward. I was in front of that cross-check. I'm wanting to fight him, trying to fight him. Like, burst. I'm like, no, no, I want Bufflin. I want Bufflin. And then there was a, some little line scuffle, and I had been playing, a, being a hero all series, and that Matt Walker, remember that big fucking D-man? Yeah. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, I didn't fucking want to do it, but at all series, I had been doing that to Bufflin, and he had been fucking doing the same thing to Kessler and Burroughs and the boys, so I was like, got to do it. Didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to, but my point was that back in the playoffs for... I thought, I love this kid's game, the big fucking 71 yeah. train, I call him. I love him. I love him. He's good for the Canucks. But that, in come playoff time, if they get in again, he needs to do that a little bit more, I think, up dog. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like so. it. Up. So we're, we're fucking talking fights here at Mystic Curfew, right? <laughs> Fighting. <laughs> we are a bunch you of old You got a half chub over there? Yeah, 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 it's like mean, the good old times. Yeah, right? The fighting has been up a little bit. These guys, I think just playing each other over and over again with no fans and not being able to fucking, these single guys fucking get laid on the road. They're like, fuck it, I'm going to go get a tilt tonight, you know? So... I think it's good for the game, Broadway. Especially recently. I, th I think um, last Saturday, there was seven fights There's in one night, lately. right? So, I mean, it's good for the game. It's growing the game. And it, it just goes to show you that this old school hockey is not going to go anywhere. People keep complaining about, like, the concussions, which is, I know, it's a sensitive subject. But we got to touch on... I feel like concussions are way down anyway. Yeah, but we need to touch on having no bucket on when you have to get right off. That's brutal. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I got that. Uh, we will get... Yeah, we, it's just not National League. I mean, you, you see these guys. I remember my helmet coming off, and I was like, fuck, this is great. I'm playing this whole shift now. Was it the smartest thing to do? I don't know. Just the guys like battling in the corner, and his helmet comes off, and he's like, he's got to give up the play and go right to the bench. I'm just like... It's not national. League. I know. I had I had Mac T. Craig McTavish is my coach over the Spangler <laughs> Cup, and you know he's out there in practice, just still no hat, no fucking nothing, just <laughs> his fucking hair, just still rocking. I'm like looking at the guy, and I'm like, I watched you every fucking game as a kid. Go out there and play in the NHL with no fucking helmet. Crazy, it's crazy, crazy. It's fucking nuts. It's like the fucking jock plant back in the day, just going out no mask. <laughs> um, hey, so go ahead, up. No, ahead. it's like yeah. so. So the game. And society has obviously evolved to the point where, you know, we have people complaining about everything yeah, um, and guys mandating that, you know, if your helmet comes off, you can't fucking skate around and look like a fucking goddamn national league yeah, with no yeah. helmet and your hair fucking flying in the Fuck. wind. I mean, it's a joke. <laughs> it I is think, a joke. I think it still should be like, no one's going to headhunt you when your fucking helmet comes no. off. I'm sorry. No. I, I, if you do, you're a fucking asshole. Exactly. If you go try to elbow if you somebody, do, you're taking truck, a ten game suspension. Totally. Yeah. And and you know what? When the glove comes off, you might you might whack him a little, but you're not fucking two handing. Did him, you right? whack him? I would fucking. Do I him used a to hate when my glove came off. I would. Well, I'd rather my helmet come off than my fucking glove because totally. I knew guys like you, you fucker. I just look at you and I kind of be like, yeah, a little pinky there. Huh? <laughs> oh, jab you. Hey, just so you can't play guitar for the next fucking couple of weeks. But um, the helmet, man, fuck. Let's go. Get the helmets off. I agree. And I don't next know. Next thing you know, they're not allowed to wear them in warm-ups. I know. Or that's, they they're going to try to do that. Off. 
I hated when my glove fell off and played with my open glove. Yeah. It just felt weird. It's scary. Just, I, I don't know why. It's, uh, I it's just, actually kind of scary. It's kind of scary no, when your glove would fall off and the puck's whizzing by your hand and you're like, holy fuck, this could, you know, this could sting. Mm-hmm. So you bring up Mac T. Who's going to be the last guy that's wearing a visor? Where, with, sorry, last guy not wearing a visor. We've talked Could be about my this. boy, Fact Daddy. But P, I'm sure kids we watch this game be like, man, can you believe that Ryan O'Reilly's out there without a fucking visor on? Like, it could be him. Who else could it be? Uh, Andrew Shaw. Shaw. Factors boys talk him. about concussions. He's, I yeah. mean, yeah, he's still playing, but he doesn't have a fucking eight-year deal left. It's, no. It's Fact Daddy. Yeah. Right? So, fact but, Daddy, for sure. But yeah, you have... Fuck, who is? I mean, we got. I mean, Jumbo doesn't wear one, but he's not. He'll be done this year or next year, probably this year. Um, there was one other young guy that I was like, ah, oh, fuck, he might give Fact Daddy a run for his money, but I, I we didn't get to ask Fact. Joe Thornton. Yeah, yeah, Jumbo. He's got another eight years left. I, I, we never get to ask him this, but like, I wonder if he looks around and be like, you know, wishes that everyone didn't have a visor on because it's it's kind of a dis. I mean, besides your your sight. It's kind of a disadvantage playing out there if you're the only guy not wearing one. Everyone else is fucking running around with a visor on. You're the last guy. I, I, we, we should ask Fact Daddy about that, Broadway. Yeah, I think the visor, too, is kind of... Like, when I first got into league, guys, like, speaking of fighting, when guys were fighting, the guys that didn't have the visor, before they, they would make the other guy take his helmet off. But now it's like a 10-minute misconduct, I believe. Yeah. But you got to be feeling extra safe with that fucking visor on. I mean, I didn't have a visor on up dog, and then I went back down to the junkie junkie, and I come to the rink in Abbotsford, and there's a visor on my, and I go, hey, listen, I don't wear a fucking visor, bud. And he said, no, no, everyone wears one down here. I said, yeah. yeah. I'm like, tried to like, whatever, be like the cool guy. Fuck my first three or four games in the jungle, stick, because these kids down there had never oh, played yeah, without one. They're like, fucking, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, keep your fucking stick down. So once I put one on, I was like, I can't believe I played as long as I did without one i didn't wear one when i first two years in the league you got a couple and my first year in the minors i never wore one yeah um until i got fucking two-handed like i came behind the net one time and i tried to do this move the one fucking like patty kane off the back of the net and go the other way on nicholas lidstrom and i put it off (laughs) the the bar high i put it off the back of the net and as i spun around he fucking waxed me with his with the shaft of his stick and bridge fucks my nose right across <laughs> right across the fucking bridge of my nose and cut me just split me wide open i remember like there's no skin there right and there was probably like 14 stitches in there and my assistant gm ray shiro came in and he looks at me he's like hey so you, you like to play rough right you like to fucking get in guys faces he's like put a fucking visor on and i'm like <laughs> fuck okay you know yeah it made sense because i did go into the fucking these scrums face first you did i had to go into every scrum face first but you got some sick picks in nashville with the the old school bower bucket fucking hair hair. the fucking top yeah loops never wore a visor either either Mm -hmm. until i think i talked about this beauty george smith he lost his eye in portland i played in that game and then after that almost a lot of guys in the ducks organization in general especially guys that were skilled guys i think kunitz put one on i know loops did for sure it was just kind of like you know, it's time. If you look back and think about it, I mean, I remember a guy we were talking about, Sheldon Surrey, this weekend. Shelly used to rip these fucking one-timers. I remember one night in Big D, I'm playing for Colorado, and I'm like, hey, Shelly, fuck, can you keep him down a bit, fella? He's yeah, like, well, yeah. I'm trying to score. I'm like, I know what you're trying to do, but you're also going to take my fucking head clean off here. Like, so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. But I think the fact that he will be the Craig McTavish, the last guy wearing no visor, which yeah. is fucking Joe's. Boys, I want to talk to you guys. We talked about it over the over the weekend when we heard the news. Mike Babcock, he was doing fuck talk about a cup of coffee. He did one NBC show, I think, and said yeah. fuck, had enough of that. Um, coaching the University of Saskatchewan. Now we all know Uppy. He's still making eight bananas. You know, getting paid by the Leafs. What do you think this is? 
he just wants to get back into hockey. He's a Saskatchewan boy. What were your thoughts when you saw Babs going to, you know, coach the University of Saskatchewan Huskies, I believe they're called, right? Are they called the fucking yeah, Huskies? Yeah, I think the Huskies, yeah. I had a All couple right, buddies man. in junior either go there after the after, WHL yeah. or, you know. Yeah, you it's get pretty decent hockey. CAA scholarship. Once you play in the dub, you get, you know, for every year you get a year of yeah, exactly. uh, Canadian college or whatever. Um, I mean, the writing's on the wall on this one. It's him trying to, you know, fix up his image, get a second chance at coaching, um, trying to change his, you know, change the persona of Mike Babcock from being a guy that broke kids down and broke players down to try to build them back up and hopefully they would buy into the program he was making. Um, do I think that this is a good move, a smart move for the college? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, I <laughs> this, this, new, this new world we're living in, you can't like, what is he going to change how he's speaks on a daily basis to people like it's yeah he he has been a fucking but is mike keenan gonna go coach fucking the edmonton fucking i think fucking iron mike's golden coaching bears the khl is he? Yeah. i think he got fired did he finally get, Did he get fired, fired? He, he was fired coaching like that a year fun. year ago didn't he he, he was coaching, coaching that shanghai right? yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. done Yipper was over yeah, there Yipper's he's team. done yeah he's done he's yeah mike uh, mike keenan's been done yeah uh let's hope but anyway i think he's been that makes sense you think about it like now he's gonna go into a room full of fucking 19 to 22 year old kids and he's not going to like have the kind of this is he going to just change the whole way that he's ever you know thought coaching was yeah that's a good um, point but well, that's why he, i think he's doing it though he's literally rebuilding his whole image yeah. here. he's gonna have to prove to people that he can deal with the younger minds yeah because that was his biggest issue in toronto putting stuff like mitch marner on the on blast yeah and so if he can able i don't know i don't i don't understand why he's doing it I mean, he's got a ton of money. He doesn't really have to be coaching unless he's really trying to rebuild this image to get back in the NHL. But I bet you a, it's been a huge slap in his face, Jimmy, that 100%. he fucking can't that's, get another job, that's, and that's that's why he's like... Yeah. If you're an NHL GM, are you going to try to hire this guy? You, you're building like a young team? Like, I mean, his resume is great, but I don't know if I want him around the room, a bunch of young guys. Well, I think... This is just my opinion. I think that's what it has to do with a little bit. I think Uppy, he's, he's a prideful guy. I think he, he, he thought maybe the Seattle job he would get. Maybe he's not the front runner. Hey, if I can go back, coach these kids that are, you know, and rebrand myself and maybe treat these kids differently. Because one thing I do know about Babs is I don't think Babs is a bad guy, right? I, I met him when I was a young kid. He was the coach for the Ducks when I got drafted. He loves hockey. And he has a degree in psychology of some, of some kind, right? So he's always asking you questions that there's always a plan behind it. But I think he got so cocky when he got that big ticket in Toronto that he just thought he was, you know, coach of Team Canada. So that makes him a bad fucking guy. Well, a bad coach. A bad yeah. coach. I, I, I like don't think he's a bad, bad guy. guy deep down. I think if you went down and had a beer with Babs, it would probably be all right. But it, it made him a bad coach. He started thinking he was bigger in the game. He started treating guys like Mitch Marner, these young guys trying to intimidate him. You just can't do that anymore. And I think this is him trying to start out to try to rebuild himself or he's just so fucking bored and he wants to go coach the fucking University of Saskatchewan Huskies. I'm not sure up, dog. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Coaches, when they get to that point, you, you're going to say that it turns them into a bad coach. For sure. But it also turns them into a bad fucking human being. And for a lot of cases, they've always been able to do whatever the fuck they want as the coach, right? And so it's nice to see, even if you win, you treat people horrendous. It's nice to see that fucking kind of come out and like, you know, yes, slap a guy in the face. If a guy was doing this kind of shit as a player, not only would he be fucking fired, he probably wouldn't get all of his money. Yeah. Fuck, they no, would find something. Buy out. Look at what they fucking did to a lot of the fucking guys I know. You know, they, they sit you down and you take it or leave it deal. I don't need to name names, but it's like, 
it's just a joke. Yeah. So I don't know. I, he he's gonna have a long way to get to to get back in the NHL, as far as I'm concerned. No, I think you're right on that, and I think that's why he's he's starting down there and be like, maybe I can, you know, that's what you Do first anything. saw, right, Broadway? Yeah, he's trying to rebrand he's, himself. He's, he's I think it's that's what it is. He's trying to rebrand himself, but. I don't know. I'm just I, like I just repeat myself a little bit here. I feel like if I'm a GM, that's okay. I'm. Yeah. I just don't know how you're gonna be able to tell your veteran player or your young guy, hey, we're gonna bring in Mike Babcock. I just don't understand. Like yeah. no one's gonna want to play for him. Yeah, no. I when agree, you got so. guys like fucking Gerard Gallant who are absolute beauties, and yeah, he might not yeah. have the Stanley Cup as a as a player or as sorry as a coach, but who do you want to fucking like teach your you know young kids how to? Be like good people, good adults, and play winning hockey. I mean, you bring a guy like that in. Did we ever ask Revo about like the difference between Gerard Glant and Pete DeBoer? Yeah. Did we, did we touch, ask him? What did he, he touch on? It. He did say a lot about Gerard. Uh, sorry, because we did, love Gerard. He did say that we he love. loved Gerard, yeah. and he had him for the playoff run, and you know, the next year, um, briefly. But uh, he more so talked about. He had the funny story of Peter, where he was just scared shitless going in because of. Oh yeah, that's right. He did. He did. He did. Chirping him. Yeah, that's right. He did say that. Yeah. I was a little half but cut. He does by say that, time. that he, he, you know, appreciates both. By the way, what a great guy Riva is, huh? Yeah. Beauty. I mean, I played against him. I've, I've you've t- said great things about him, but when I sat down, you introduced me to him. I'm like, one question I asked him, one conversation. I'm like, fuck. I feel like you know, I could sit down with this guy and fucking. You know, just a good team guy. So he's a funny guy too. Funny guy, you can yeah. Tell. He'd be a fun guy to have around the locker room. So, boys, there's the one last thing I want to touch on here is, it, you know, we talk about Taylor Hall in Buffalo, and you know, Matt Duchesne's a guy in Nashville. Things aren't going well there. And, and, and listen, I think Matt Duchesne. I played him in Colorado. I think he's a. I think he's a nice kid. I think he's harmless. I don't think he makes guys better around him. And I think Taylor Hall is in the same boat, right? He goes to fucking. Besides, you could talk about the year he had though, Broadway, when he won the heart. Because I'm curious to what you said, because he was the most dominating player there. But it's not as easy as people think for these skilled guys to come in here and make people better around them. And these are two guys I just think like they go places and it doesn't go the way they want. And it's not their. I'm not saying it's their fault. It's just two guys I think up dog that you know that maybe not perfect in the dressing room and they're tough to play with. What do you think? What are your thoughts on those two guys? I mean, I've never never played with either of them, Obi. I know you have. Mm -hmm. Um, I have played with some guys like that. And unfortunately, the, you know, the guys, they're, they're great hockey players, right? They know how to fucking, they are flashy. They know how to skate. They know how to fucking make plays. Uh, but, you know, you put them in different rooms where they're kind of maybe a little bit uncomfortable and new faces around and new challenges, new coaches. Um, and they don't seem to, you know, be their best and live up to the money they make or the hype. Um, and then, you know, the worst kind of compliment or the worst situation you can find yourself in is where you're not making players around you better. And the coach continually like tries to put guys on your line. Right. Yeah. I played with so many guys like that. It's like, if I wasn't playing good, I just sit in the fucking stands or, or you just move down. Yeah, in the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. These guys just stay fucking number one, one a, and they just try to put one B and one C with you to try to make it work. Yeah. And how do, how long does that go on for? I don't know. But, um, you know, it's affected Taylor Hall's, you know, free agency status. It's affected Matt Duchesne's name, yeah, like, basically. Yeah, like, I mean, they're, they're talking, we talk about Nashville a lot and, and, you know, Dave Poyle, who I think is the most, the winningest GM in fucking hockey history. And Dave's yeah. a great guy. Dave's the nicest fucking guy in the world. Yeah. But what do you do if you're in Nashville? You just gave Duchesne this big ticket. You got Ryan Johansson locked up. It's like, you know, Forsberg, who's only got a couple years left on their deal, what are they going to do with him? He's going to leave town. So it's just like, I, I like Dutchie, but like when he, they gave him that big ticket there, I was just like, it's ah. on, it's on, it's on Poyle. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you if know that's, what? You, you know gotta fucking I mean? find like, out about the guy. Yeah, like do some. You fucking gotta homework. find out about the guy. The like, fucking guy is a bad guy. Yeah, like I'm not saying he's a bad guy because he's not. Because <laughs> he's not. He's not a bad kid. He's harmless. Okay, touchy, well. he's harmless. But you know, there's just stuff that like you know he's he's a little bit selfish in the room at times, and like if things aren't going his way, you know, in Colorado is oh I'm gonna sit in the corner. Is and he help. French? No, he's from um, Ontario, from Halliburton, Ontario. And then okay. when things are going great, Dutchy, fucking, he's a great guy in the room, right? Yeah. So you gotta. I just think if I'm going to give this guy a fucking eight-year ticket, you know, and yeah. I'm like, okay, he went to Columbus and, and Colorado. It was, you know, it's like, come on, man. You got to fucking. Got to be more than what, just what, what he does on the What do you think about Hall when he was in Nashville? With, uh, and sorry, in Jersey See, like, with you. Yeah, you just touched on it, though. Like, when I played with Hall, it was a year he won the MVP. Heart, yeah. So it's a lot. It's easy to be a good guy when everything's going well for you. Yeah. But, like, we were talking about the other day. When you usually have a team with a player like that, there's usually a supporting cast system. Like there's usually another guy right there with point wise, but Taylor Hall, he just did it all by himself. So that just goes to show you he doesn't make the guys better around him. And that's just, I don't know. I just think that's just a tough look. Like if you're going to be a superstar, you should have another superstar with you or, or be able to make someone better. Like Patrick Kane, for instance. Yes, exactly. I could go play on his line and I'm scoring 10 goals by mistake. Yeah. So like he's a guy that makes guys around him way better. And so you're saying that year that that Hall, his numbers were so much better than everyone else's. So much better. It was just, yeah. but it was just a one man show. Like, <laughs> but like we would be losing games, and then we'd look at Halsey and be like, Halsey, go get us a goal or an assist, and he would do it. Like, yeah, no, it he hell, was. It was he'd had hell of a year, but. He needs to figure out a way to get his teammates more involved. It's like going out with me back in the day. You get ten random kills just by accident. Yeah. No, and listen, I'm not saying it's easy. Like, right? I'm sure if you went through some guys that were my D partner, fucking Stefan Elliott, this young kid was probably like, oh, I don't, I don't know if Obi made it any easier for me out there tonight. But if you're making fucking eight bananas and you're getting a fucking seven, eight year deal. If I'm a GM, I'm like, what does he bring to my dressing room? What if I put him on? Is he notorious for making guys better like Patty Kane? And these two guys. They continue to make fucking big time money, and, and it's just like you know now Nashville's in shambles. They're yeah. fucking to oh. rebuild. It could cost Dave Poyle his job. It's just like, you know, yeah, Dutchie likes fucking country music. That's why he probably wanted to go there. But if you're Dave Poyle, you're like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, we got to figure this out. So yeah, I don't know the guy. So I said he's. I did say he's a bad guy. I was kind of joking. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. no, but he's not a bad. It's guy. a bad deal. Yeah, that's what I'll say. It's a bad deal. So, boys, that's gonna wrap another fucking missing curfew Broadway. Thank you so much for coming out here, boys. Thanks for having me. Got a taste the studio. We're going to try to get you out here more and more, but uh, you have another kid on the way, so you got to take care of that first, right? So how, yeah. how many more? When's the, when's the due date? May 8th. I got another little boy coming. but Another hey, boy. This is a this is a business, boys, and we're making this. We're taking this thing to the moon, so I got to get. <laughs> I got to come out here more often. I got to come out here. Yeah, exactly. So um, boys love snapping around with you. Updog, you're off to uh, another work trip for yourself this weekend, right? So I am. Have fun. I am. Playing golf I'm with you. Who are you playing to, golf with? Uh, you? Yeah, I'm jumping on our our boy Manchester's bird. He's going to look at property, uh, discovery property out in Baker's Bay. Buys a lot of property. Uh, in the Bahamas. So headed to Zumas in the Bahamas. Um, I'm there till Saturday, and then uh, I'm headed to uh, Michael Jordan's golf course, Grove 23, oh. to play around with, hopefully, with MJ is what I'm told. Yeah. Um, good first work trip with Discovery. I'm pretty pumped, and uh, I'll be back here in action, hopefully, with a little more cash. I don't know. I, I hear MJ's good. I hear he's a three, and I hear he plays to it. Our boy Micah Chandy said he, he's a true three. He's a good player. Yeah. Uh, he played with him last week. 
Uh, so fuck, man. I'm gonna. I gotta go work on my short game. I might leave the studio and go try to chip and putt who, here for the next. Couple who was hours. telling us that MJ designed the track to favor his game, though? Right? Well, who? who was oh, that? it was me, my brother. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're like where he hits it, it's wider. And yeah, like, they putt from all over the. I oh, guess you don't have so to. So Manchester's gonna be unreal. So yeah. that's good for you too. Yeah. Well, I don't think Chester's gonna be at this one, but oh, it's uh, it's yeah, yeah, just JJ. Just JJ. Up dog, feel free to get me a nice pair of Jordan cleats too. I love them. Do they have them all in the pro oh, shop? They there? got millions. They got like sweet, sweet. The I ones that you won't even Gulches. see in stores. My brother got me a sick pair when he was there, so you can get me one. Maybe I'll t- yeah, Team Jordans. Team Jordans. Team, yeah, Team Missing yeah, Curfew yeah, yeah. Jordans. And maybe try to get a couple sponsors for Mr. Curfew along the way there, too. 100%. Don't forget, don't forget, oh, about, don't, the jump don't forget about Mr. Curfew. We'll take fucking MJ as a Boys, we're, hey, listen, we're always working. Or even better, maybe if you play golf with them, say, sit down and talk some Missing Curfew, MJ, because... 100%. You know, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. I'm just okay. throwing Oops. You're I'm always thinking. Your wheels always turn. Hey, so am I, buddy. It's fucking... This is beautiful stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, I know. I'm happy for you, up dog. Broadway, thank you. Fucking south, tra- safe travels back to Beantown, Dorchester. Dorchester. And for our listeners, we'll see you next week.